it may well be the most telling thing about you. It may say more about you than any single thing. What comes to your mind when you think about God? What comes to your mind, what comes to my mind when I think about God, when you think about God? And while so many things can be said, sometimes what comes to our mind when we think about God is something that is really not true to Scripture, is not accurate in view of God's revelation of Himself. And because of that flawed view of God, the relationship that we could have with God is not all that it could be, not all that it should be. When we think about God, I can guarantee you the first thing that came to Jesus' mind. I can guarantee it. Father. Father. And I suspect that it was not the first term that came to many people's mind when I asked that question just a little bit ago. Look at John chapter 1 and verse 12 in the Bible. In John 1 verse 12, to those who received him, that is Jesus, to those that believed in his name, that is the name of Jesus Christ, he gave the right to become, the right to become the children of God. Now go over just a few chapters in the Gospel of John. What a magnificent thought. You see how our salvation is Trinitarian, it's triune. It involves the Father, the Son, and the Spirit working together so that we could be with God in heaven forever. Well, you look at John 14, look at verses 8 and 9. Jesus has this said to him, Show us the Father and it will suffice us. Show us the Father and it will suffice us. Have I been with you so long and you still don't get it, Jesus says. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. The Father is in me and I am in the Father. In John 10, verse 30, Jesus would say, I and the Father are one. You talk about like Father, like Son, how true it is with the Heavenly Father and with the Son of God. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Romans chapter 8. Consider verses 15 and 16. Through Jesus we become heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Mark that down because of what we can have due to Jesus. Heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, children of God 
one. Consider this. 1 John chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. 1 John 4, 8 through 10. It's 1 John that's familiar to many of us that says God is love. Verse 9 refers to the fact that he sent Jesus as the propitiation for our sins, the atoning sacrifice, the one who makes atonement, the one who takes care of the wrath of God and the one who creates a sense of peace and togetherness with God. He is the propitiation not only for our sins, but for the sins of the whole world. Children of God, go back one chapter. 1 John 3, verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed, granted unto us, that we can be called the children of God, and such we are. Now, I'm setting a foundation here from Scripture about how crucial it is to have Jesus as our Savior in order to have God as our Father in the fullest and richest way. And now I'd like to say Happy Father's Day to all of the fathers in the congregation. But I'd also like to add this. I hope that more people will pray this prayer. God help fathers to parent more like the Heavenly Father. May God help every father to parent more like the Heavenly Father. In thinking about fathering like the Father, I want to accomplish two matters. Here's the first matter. I'd like to offer some basic principles that are applicable for every father, for every father to be. But there are certainly qualities that can be applied in a legitimate way in virtually everyone's life. Basic principles. I'm going to give seven basic principles as a father. I've been thinking about being a father a lot lately and wanting to father more like the Heavenly Father. And I am farther along as a father than many of you. Our youngest child turned 30 this year. And I am not as far along as a few of you but I would like to humbly give you seven basic principles to father by, and then I want to give you quickly seven positive motivations to help you apply the basic principles, okay? Seven basic principles. 
basic principle number one. Find time for your children. Make time for your children. Help me to remember how short my time is. Psalm 89, 47. Dads need to think like that. Troy, you turned around. Going to have a daughter married at the end of this month. What happened? Happened fast, didn't it? Teach us to number our days that we might apply our hearts to wisdom. Psalm 90, verses 10 through 12. Redeem the time because the days are evil. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. You will never regret the time you invest in your kids. But I guarantee you, you will regret not investing time with your kids. Love is a four-letter word, time, T-I-M-E. When you become a grandparent, will your kids remember how much time you spent with them? Time. Secondly, love the church and instill a great love in the church of Christ for your kids. You'll never regret that. I guarantee, though, there's a lot of fathers that regret that they didn't love the church so much. And now their kids have left the church. You see, we ought to love what Jesus loved and died for. He loves the church. It's the bride, Ephesians 5, 22 through 33. We ought to love the church. Jesus shed his blood for the church, Acts 20 and verse 28. And see, our love for the church, Paul would speak of his jealousy for the church, 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 2. He would speak of how he has a great concern for the churches, 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 28. It is a basic principle of Christian fatherhood that we ought to love God's family. Matters like attendance and service and giving and involvement are taken care of because men who are Christian fathers are that across the board. They're consistent. And we love the family of God. And we want to instill that love in our kids. Basic principle number three. Men, father right. Man up. Love your wife. Fathers, love your children's mother. One of the things that I have been most blessed at as the preacher at Westside over the years is that I have seen so many of our couples 
married 50 and 60 and 65 and one even 70 plus years. And they drew closer to one another. Fathers, you have a role to love your wife as Christ loved the church. Anybody here got that one down? You got that one down to perfection? I don't. But I sincerely want to love Cherie more the way that Jesus loves his bride. One of the greatest things any father can do for his kids is to love and cherish their mama. The way we speak to her, the way we treat her, the way that we protect her, the way that we honor this relationship, our children will learn. Will you be remembered as a father who took time and made time for your kids? Will you be remembered as a father who loved the church and instilled a great love for the church in your children? Will you be remembered as a father who loved the woman who helped you bring those children into this world, gifts of God and a sacred trust each one was and is. Number four, fathers, be a man of the book and of prayer. Be a man of the book and of prayer. The older I get, the less I would care about how many meetings I do, how many times I speak elsewhere, how many lectureships I may speak on. And the more I want my kids and people who know me best to think of me as a man of the book and a prayer. And if we're not that kind of men, we ought to be. Will your children recall you with an open Bible, an open computer screen, looking at things from Scripture? Have they seen you in tears of prayer? Have they seen you smile with joy as you've talked with the Father? Has every occasion been an occasion where you would wisely say as a father, let's pray about this. We will give ourselves to the word of God in prayer, Acts 6, verses 3 and 4. So said the apostles during a time of inner turmoil in the early church. In all times, but especially times of inner turmoil, Fathers need to turn to Scripture and need to look up in prayer. Sometimes children do not learn how to pray well because they've not been instructed 
how to pray well. Sometimes children do not learn how to study their Bibles because they did not see that modeled and encouraged. Number five. Fathers be men of affirmation and encouragement. It's hard to be a parent anytime, but it's hard in a day like today because there is so much rejection and refusal that our kids are dealing with. And they have to reject and refuse a lot of things that are just sinful in the eyes of God. They need affirmation. They need encouragement. Courage poured into them. An IV of encouragement from dad. I don't understand this, but sometimes dads say things that, to our children that we would never say to anyone else. Things that are wrong. Things that we say in anger when our feelings are hurt or when we're disappointed. I want to say to you that our kids are going to deal with enough disappointment. They need affirmation and encouragement in the Lord at home. That doesn't mean we're soft on sin. It doesn't mean we compromise what's true. It means that our home will be a place of affirmation and encouragement. Our God is a God of affirmation and encouragement. Aren't you glad? Number six, as we think about these very practical, basic principles, love your kids when it's not easy. Not only do you get to know your kids, your kids get to know you. And guess what? Kids know exactly which buttons to push, don't they? Amen there? Love them even when it is not easy. When they are pushing your buttons. Ephesians 4.32 be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Love them when they are not so lovable. When they disappoint you, when they hurt you, when they break your heart. Number seven. Are you listening, dads? Are you listening, fathers? Hear me, Brian? Good brother. Love you, man. Walk with God like Enoch. Every father, because of the enormous nature of the task, should want to walk with God like Enoch. Genesis 5, 24. 
Enoch was not because God took him. He had walked with God and now he's walking with God eternally. What I'm saying in this point is this. Have a vibrant, genuine, real, passionate relationship with God yourself. And trust that God will use that to help make a difference in your family. Now quickly. Every sermon in my judgment ought to be about God and his relationship with us. And that includes fathering. Positive motivation. You may be saying to yourself, I know Jim prayed in his prayer. You know, sometimes we, we make mistakes and we don't do all the... And we look at, maybe think of incidents in our lives as fathers that we regret occurred. But there is positive motivation to keep trusting God and to look to the Heavenly Father. And I want to give you seven areas of positive motivation. Positive motivation. Number one... Our Heavenly Father loves like no one else. Our Heavenly Father loves like no one else. So Thomas, he's just someone you want to emulate there because he loves like no one could. He so loved the world, John 3, 16. He loves and he wants, Jesus wants us to know the love that he and the fathers share and that we too can share, John 17 and verse 24. Secondly, our Father is so giving. Our Heavenly Father is so giving. Every good and perfect gift proceeds from the Father of lights in whom there is no variance or shadow of turning. James 1 and verse 17. He sends the sunshine and the rain. Matthew 5, 44 and 45. When we ask, seek and knock, our Father, who's a good Father, knows we have need of these things. Matthew 7, 7 through 11, even before we ask. Third, our Father is so encouraging. Why should we act like sons of discouragement, dads, when God is the God of all encouragement and comfort? 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5. We are given good hope and encouragement. 2 Thessalonians 2, 16 and 17. I love this one. Think about it, fathers, for some positive motivation. Dads to be. Dads who have your kids grown up, but can you still do these things? You bet. Our father is a listening father. Distractions. 
Sometimes there's so many things pulling at us, Brother Bill, we don't feel like we can, we can focus sometimes, you know? But the God of all heaven and earth, our heavenly Father, when we pray to him, it's as if no one else in all the world is talking to him, my friend. It's as if you are talking to him and you've got his undivided attention. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing to have a father like that. And when children get the impression that their father is listening, a father can say, even when I don't listen to you the way I want to and the way I'd like to, I want you to know there's a God in heaven who listens. And he hears every word you pray. And he cares. 1 Peter 5, 7. And he's good and he blesses. Yes, being a father is a lot like being more like our father in heaven. Number five, God is so good at exercising his authority in a beautiful and appropriate way. God is so amazing at exercising his authority in a good and appropriate way. I believe with all of my heart, this is one of the most difficult areas of fathering. A father who has all authority and all power and the Lord God omnipotent who reigns, Revelation 19 and verse 6, is also a father that is tender, that is gentle, that is loving and quick to forgive in exercising our authority. Dads, let's pray more that we exercise our authority within our house in a way that honors God and shows something of our heavenly Father. Number six. Our Heavenly Father is so sacrificing. God commends His own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5, 8. When we were ungodly and weak, Romans 5 and verse 6. When we were enemies, Romans 5, verses 9 through 11. When we didn't deserve it. He sacrificed. Good dads want to emulate the sacrificial nature of our Heavenly Father. I believe that there's a lot of fathers that would gladly die for their kids. I believe, like Paul, there's some that would say, I'd rather be lost than to see my child lost. That there is no sacrifice that we would consider too great for the sake of those that we brought into this world that we love. 
think about that because how like the Heavenly Father. There is no sacrifice too great for those that I have brought into this world that I have created and made in my image. And imagine that in God's foreknowledge, Wayland from the beginning, he knew that we would let him down. And he knew that he was willing to sacrifice what was most precious so that we could all be a family together. You see, we ought to be able to take life and show theology from life. Lastly, God is so long-suffering The father in Luke 15, waiting on a prodigal, waiting on someone that had been wasting their life. The real heroes as Christians are godly husbands, godly wives, godly moms and dads who are waiting for rebellious, obstinate kids to come home. They're waiting for self-righteous, smug religious sons and daughters to have their heart become more tender to the will of God. And waiting is one of the hardest things in the world. Amen. Waiting on someone to come home. The long-suffering of God. The long-suffering of God while the ark was being prepared. 1 Peter 3 and verse 20. 2 Peter 3 verse 9. God is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The patience and the long-suffering of God as He waits. Time in my son's life when he was messing up royally in his life and as his dad, every fiber in my being wanted to rush out to him, put him in a headlock and go, excuse me, Jeff, what in the world are you thinking? It's better to wait. The father waited. Aren't you glad that there are times that sons and daughters wake up and they don't want to live in the pig pen anymore and they just want to go to their father's house. Maybe you're someone that's been rebellious to the Heavenly Father and have taken for granted the sacrifice of Jesus. And maybe you've turned your back on every good thing your father or mother taught you. 
If that's true, I want you to know there's hope for you with our Heavenly Father. Please come home. I believe with all my heart that there has never been a perfect dad or mom. There's one perfect father. And the best any of us as parents can hope for is to parent our children more the way he parents us. Amen. If you need to come to Christ, turn from your rebellion or from your self-righteousness and from your excuse-making. Trusting in Jesus, repent of your sins, confess Jesus as the Son of God, and be immersed in water for the forgiveness of your sins. Maybe there's a dad or maybe a mom in this assembly who just want our prayers. They're struggling. We would be humbled to pray with you and for you. I'm going to pray more that we have fathers here that father more like the Heavenly Father. Let us stand and sing.